Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Belmont Banter. Well, we've had his brother on, but we've got uh, the main man. We've got Danny Ward on today. Danny, how are you, mate? I'm very good, Tony. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I know you're a Scottish lad. You've proudly got your, your Scottish shirt on today, and I don't blame you. Oh, we're back again. We're back again. I can hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. It's not a bad thing. Oh, that, thanks, Tony, for that. <laughs> All right, look, if we can work with uh, audio, that would be good. Are you all right like that? Yeah. Right, Danny, you were born in Dundee, the same as your brother. How long did you stay up in uh, in Scotland for? Um, I actually left Dundee when I was 20. Um, I finished my apprenticeship as a joiner and carpenter. And we decided to leave, me and my friend decided to leave. We actually had a job lined up in the Cayman Islands. Uh, so we come down here for a little while. Um, Jim was down here at the time just for a bit of a break, kind of like before we were going away. And then, then the um, the job fell through, which was a pay. So we, uh, me and my friend, Scott, moved to London. We stayed in the Shepherd's Bush for 18 months or whatever. Uh, but that time I was playing for, at Margate, uh, mainly uh, for the reserves, which was a decent level of football, to be honest with you. Absolutely was. Um, um, let's take you back to Scotland, because obviously you played a bit of football in Scotland before you came down. Going back to Scotland, what, what was your football involvement up there? When did you first start? I played, well, you might not believe this, but um, I made the biggest mistake of my life in my football career, playing football when I was nine years old. Um, I was playing for my part of Dundee, which called uh, which was a, a district called Douglas, mm-hmm. and I was playing for the, the local boys' club. And um, I actually got scouted by Celtic boys who had had the... Kind of like teams in all around Scotland, uh, and I was getting picked up, taken to the other part of uh, Dundee to go training, and even some of the Celtic players at the time were coming through and doing training with us and such things. So I went from just on a normal team to um, to Celtic boys to going to beating people twenty eight nil and thirty nil and thirty six nil and things like that. But the issue I had was that I was actually playing against my friends and beating them by that score. So even though I was going training once a week or twice a week and playing matches of the weekend, the people that my wife was around kind of like, and you know what it was like in them days, yeah. especially yeah. in the summer holidays, you went out when you got up and you played football all day and you come home when it got dark. Yeah. And I found it difficult to do that um, and go and then basically give them a hiding on a Sunday kind of like. And the manager came around when I said I was leaving and I remember my dad saying to me, my dad was uh, the manager. I played junior football. We've, we've actually got cuttings in the newspaper that uh, if my dad was any bigger, because in them days that counted, he would have turned professional. Uh, but because he was uh, not too tall, he, he couldn't. And he actually said to me at the time, he said, this would be the biggest mistake you'll make because you've gone from Celtic, Celtic Boys Club to uh, to go back playing with your mates where the training is not so good and such things. So. And... He was right, but when you're nine years old, ten years old, you don't think about things like that, do you? You think about the other five days a week when you're playing football with your mates and they're all trying to kick you because you're playing against them at the weekend. And uh, no, so no, that was quite interesting. I played for, I played for Tayside schools and Dundee schools and such things, but 
I actually got to uh, 15, 16 in a stop point football. I found uh, going, going out, stop completely, going out and uh, having a couple of shandies and meeting girls and such things was more important than playing football. And I didn't start playing again until I was 18, just for a local team. And uh, yeah, played for them two years, fantastic couple of years. We're the best team in the world, but the uh, the social side was fantastic, which I always think is a big part of it. Yeah. So yeah, so the biggest mistake I made when I was nine, which was a bit sounds crazy, but you never know, do you? A lot of things happen, a lot of things change, and uh, do I regret it? Yes and no, but you never know, do you? You um, you moved down to well, you ended up in London. Originally came down this part of the world, then moved to London. What did you do football wise in London? I didn't actually come and played here. Um, so travelled down? Yes, yeah, travelled down. As I said, we we won the Kent League for Margate that year. It was Kent League Division 2, and there was, I think there was 24 teams in the league. And I think if you took that kind of standard into any of the uh, the Kent League and such of it now, I think they would have been chasing that. Some, some boys in that team, uh, Stevie Snell, which you obviously know from Heron Bay, Danny Kimber. Clive Yeo, I don't know if you know Clive. Bobby Miles, Stevie Miles, what a boys at Paul Hill. All played for Ramsgate, kind of like. Um, Dave Coles, Steve Winch. Yeah. Yeah, a good bunch of lads. It was a good couple of years, actually, playing with them. Taste of silverware with uh, with Margate then? Yeah. Yeah, it was... We, at that time, I think Margate were actually... I think there was actually more people coming out at that time to watch the reserve team because it was all local players and were watching the first team. It was a bit mad. And Jim had done a, t- a deal with the chairman. Uh, we had our own gateman and such things. And uh, we took our own admission money and paid for referees and such things. And at the end of the season, they they agreed to give us whatever we won. Because at the end times in the Kent League, I don't know if it's the same now. You got so much money for winning the league and the cups in the, uh, and you got two pound a goal. I think we scored more than a hundred goals and we won the league. And uh, the chairman wasn't too pleased. At that time, we were doing fines and such things uh, for people showing up waiting, not coming, training, and yeah. I was managing that. And we, to be honest, we had that much money we couldn't spend it. It was uh, we had a good few, uh, a good a few weeks night hours, that's for sure. And uh, nobody had to spend a penny, which was, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, a good year, a good, good bunch of people, and most of them are still friends of mine now, kind of like, which, uh, which is always good, isn't it? That's good, yeah. With the uh, with the football and the social side of it, it's always good if you get one lad in the dressing room that takes it on to be the the sort of like collect the fines, hold all the kitty and everything. That gets everybody going, doesn't it? And it also means it's it, as long as it's one of the players because the management can't get involved in that side. We get fined enough, but we can't get involved in that fine. And uh, Mr. Pullman's one of the good ones for that because he likes his money and he likes uh, getting other people's monies. And Simon Pett, it's the same actually. They two were quite. Uh, Quite vociferous about getting the money off of people, which yeah. was also was also very interesting at times. Good days. Funny enough, that was the year I got married as well when uh, when we won the league at Margate. So that was uh, yeah, good fun. Happy times. How long did you stay at Margate for? Well, John Wickens left, and Jim was the reserve team manager. And as I said, we had a lot of local players, and um, he didn't get the job, so he left, and we stayed for a while, but. We weren't really wanted, kind of like, um, so we went out of there. And uh, John Wickens ended up at Heron Bay, so we ended up quite a few of us at Heron Bay, which was quite, which was an interesting season, that's for sure. All right, we started. We started off 
they weren't very good and most of us were in the reserves and I got turned over and we went into the first team and I think we went from the bottom of the league to the top of the league. I don't know if Jim mentioned it, he uh, he got one of the manager of the month one uh, one month and he got sacked the next week. Yeah, he, it's an interesting one. When when the when the family on family fortunes, that was his uh, that was his little uh, joke, which was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, manager of the month one week and sacked the next week. It was a, definitely an interesting season at Heron Bay, that's for sure. Yeah. Again, some great people. Um, and uh, both of you at Heron Bay or just you at Heron Bay? Oh, you both there, yeah, obviously, yeah. Oh, Jim was Jim was John's assistant. Uh, then John moved to Portugal, I think it was. John, you know, John Wickens, did you? Yeah, do you yeah, remember him? Yeah. What a good man he was, a funny man. Uh, and Jim got the job to the uh, to the end of the season, kind of like so. And that should that should have went on because that was a decent side, kind of like. We might not have been the best football inside in the world, but we, we definitely battled, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, winning the Sometimes. game. And the next move for you then was. I I got a bad injury uh, then, and I only started to play Sunday morning football. Played Kent Amateur League and such things for Phoenix, um, which was another good couple of years. And then I got a bad injury on my knee, and I had a bad injury on my back. Um, and we'd had a couple of kids by this time, and you've got to go to work on Mondays, don't you? And I was all action, kind of like <coughs> tackling and such things, and I ended up just a Sunday morning football player. And so I was always much better than that. And uh, but happy what was done working, and um, I started doing weekends as well. So the football kind of like knocked on the head when you literally didn't have any football at all. Then just the Sunday morning, I had the Sunday mornings after the injury, and uh, uh, with the one of the best Sunday morning teams in this area, Active Signs, we had a good few years and some fantastic friends. I was with them all the time, I ended up being secretary and such things when I couldn't play. And uh, no, no, it was good. It was good. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, but your uh, your career as a as, as a in management with with your brother, when did that kick off? The two of you together. Well, that started off. Well, I went at that stage. I actually went with Clive uh, and Darren Lewis, and we commanded the reserves at Ramsgate when Jim was the first team manager. Uh, and after a while, it was me the reserve team manager. Jim was the first team manager. Um, and my reserve team won nothing, but on the day that we won the rhyme in uh, Division One at the time, I think there was nine of my players, nine of my reserve team players in the squad, and I think seven of them started that day, which gave me more pleasure than winning a cup in the reserve division. I, I, to me, the reserves is also also about getting players to play for the first team. Nothing else, nothing else really matters in my opinion. It's it's quite harsh that way, but that's the way it is. That's maybe from being a reserve team player at Margate and knowing your position and wanting to better yourself. And uh, and that's what my always thought was. And yeah, so quite a lot of my players come through that way. And I've got rhyming medals for doing it, kind of like. Might not want a Kent League Division Two medal, but they want a rhyming league medals, which not many teams around here have got them, have they? No, that's very true. Jim was still first team manager. You were reserve team manager, but there was a time when you suddenly linked up. And what, what, when was that? Well, Jim left Ramsgate because I think he got them promoted a couple of times and the, the promotion wasn't on. Yes. Because of the ground. Uh, and I was a reserve team manager at the time. Um, and I thought I should have got the job. Mm -hmm. I put in for the job and they looked at people from Margate, which was at the same level, and they brought players from Margate to come to Ramsgate, kind of like. And so I left. 
So Tony Alves always been the same. If my football is not right with me, I just don't do it kind of like. It's got to either be 100% or nothing. And um, Jim went to Maidstone. And his manager at Maidstone, Matt Toms was his assistant. And um, let me get this right. It's that, it's that long ago, Tony. I'm starting to think now. And after a few weeks pre-season and such things, um, it wasn't going too good at Maidstone. And the person he took over from them, I'm not name names, I was actually watching a game at Faversham with a, a friend, a family friend kind of like, and the, uh, his assistant manager was basically being a bit derogatory towards uh, towards Jim and the new management. He obviously thought when they got back into the Kent League that he should have got the job and such things. Yeah. Uh, so you can understand why, but be careful who you're standing in front of when you're mouthing off kind of like. And then, so Jim asked me to go along. So I, I went and was his sister manager for a couple of years and uh, highly enjoyable times at Maidstone. It was uh, great friends. We were playing at, we were playing out of Sittingbourne at that time. Starting on the main pitch, then went down to the bottom pitch. And uh, yeah, a good couple of years. Uh, we got promotion there as well, which we couldn't go up because of ground share and such things, which was uh, very frustrating. Um, won a few cups and such things. Had an attendance that was unbelievable. We... Uh, I remember the first game of the season away to Tunbridge Wells. We'd done the warm-ups, come back in, and we hear this noise, and we were wondering what was happening. And we walk out, and there's about 500 Mason fans. Couldn't believe it. It was, uh, yeah, the noise was uh, immense. It was uh, good to take, in, to take in a few hundred people to the Isle of White and such things. It was good times. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, they've always been a terrifically well-supported club, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It, well, they're a big club. In the, in, in the end, they're a football league club that's fallen out of favour, then trying to push their way back in again, isn't they? And that's, and that's what they are. No, so, we, yeah, it was, it was good times. It was good times. Then I left. Um, there, was, there was things, again, going on behind the scenes that I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with, kind of like. Um, I saw I left and uh, Jim stayed. To about the, the Christmas, I think. I think he could... I thought he got very harshly treated. The, I think they won the first nine games of the season and then had a little bad spell. And as football chairmen are, they uh, like to know what they're doing and think they know what they're doing. And uh, he made a decision to make a change. Uh, Jim left there. Then it wasn't until about 18 months later when Andy Spice was the chairman of Sittingbourne. He phoned us up and then that's when we went in as uh, joint managers, which was another fantastic season. It's like the, I messaged you the other day with the pictures of them wides on the um, yeah. on that picture you put up. It, going back to Maidstone, just having people like Steve Butler in the changing room is it's it's a different world. Like people that have scored winning goals at Wembley, and you're like yeah. amazing. Uh, so we went to Sittingbourne, Andy Spice. Uh, I'm not sure you know Andy. What a great uh, guy! What a great guy, and um, the people behind the scenes were uh, John Pitts and. Uh, his brother, they were there. And to be honest, Adrian done a lot of the secretary work. We hardly seen anybody except for match day. We'd go down the training and Adrian Hubbard, who's now back at his, back where he lives in Whitstable, back uh, back with uh, back with Lloyd. He was doing most of the signing-ons and then we were handing them up to John and they were getting all sorted that way. It, it was good times. It was, it was, a, it was a good year. We... I remember we beat Dulwich Hamlet 2-0 in the December, start of December, which is near my birthday, kind of like. And funny enough, after that game, Dulwich, I don't think they lost another game and they got promoted. 
that put us top of the league and myself and Jim went to Andy. Money was being money at the time and we were top of the league and asked for some more money. So we went in asking for more money and, uh, and the money got cut. So we ended up losing two players. So instead of gaining two, we lost two. And uh, But there were a bunch of young lads. You've got a few of them there now. Luke Gert's back there now, isn't he? And, uh, yeah. Back at Whitbrook. Um, and yeah, we were really good. And uh, it was a good season. And the pity was that Andy left at the end of that season. The new chairman took over. And he had his own ideas and uh, maybe not the same ideas of, as us. We um, The last game was, I can't remember which team it was, one of the London teams, and Alfie May was playing for them. Alfie's playing for Cheltenham now, isn't he? Yeah. And we beat them 3-0 and, and uh, it was at Chatham's ground and it probably was Chatham And uh, we quit that night after winning 3-0 in the Cup. We, we've been really lucky where we've gone. The supporters, uh, Whitstable and Sittingbourne, they haven't got the most supporters in the world, but they don't have to make some noise. Yeah, that's make a difference. Uh, it's fantastic. And the born fans were exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, they were great. So it was good. But then born that fell apart. And and then Whitstable come up. I'm not sure how long after that that was. Probably the start of the next season. Um, and it was another great season. We had some smashing players. Oh, you had a great squad there. Really, really did. Oh, was, that, was, that was a good side, wasn't it? Oh, well, I think if you ask anybody that, Nick Treadwell that season could have played for anybody at any level. Yep. He was unbelievable. I think it's the only season he's ever been able to kick a ball, but that's another story. <laughs> his hair gets in his eyes too much. But uh, I think he won four out of the five Player of the Year awards. Yeah, he's a good lad, wasn't he? Good lad. I like what you said. The players in that team were fantastic. And... Uh, and yeah, and he managed to win four of the five awards, which was which was crazy, really. But some of the football that was played that season was immense. Some of the matches at the Belmont, especially, were were different class. It was a pity, yeah. But as I said, the fans the fans are fantastic. The noise they made, but again, there was things going on behind the scenes that not a lot of people know about. We've not made it. We've not made it knowledgeable to many people what happened. But what came to the head was was when Ian got that sending off down at Hyde, Ian Pullman. Well, I don't think Ian Pullman's ever kicked anybody in his life. He might kick one of his mates at training and then run about 100 yards away to get away from him, kind of like. But he got his sending off down at Hyde that night. In the same night that Luke Watkins got sent off for clapping his hands, if you remember. Uh, but we still won the game. And Ian, we were up, I think we were up third or fourth at that time. And Ian got a three-match ban, which we appealed, which we failed, which was shocking and um, it then came down to the ambition of the football club and the people involved in the football club because we had a chance of getting Nathan Elder who went on to play many times for Tunbridge and Dover and such things we had a chance of getting him in to uh, take Ian's place for that month and uh, the club couldn't afford it um, which was uh, which starts to ask you stories that if we got promoted then what would happen uh, would it would we go on and could the club go on and could the club gotten on? And maybe the club want to go on, but maybe the people behind the scenes didn't want to go on, kind of like, or maybe just didn't have the money to go on and I understand that as well. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. And that was a pity. It was a great pity because it was a fantastic season. On to my uh, next uh, famous mistake in football. 
nearly as bad as leaving Celtic boys was when I decided to, when we decided to go to Ramsgate. I always said I was never going to go back to Ramsgate. I got talked into it. There was a lot of uh, different reasons, different circumstances. We know that we, from Ramsgate before we got promoted and we gave it a proper go in the Ryman Premier and we got turned over in the playoffs in a game that should never have been played if the chairman of the Ryman League at that time wasn't chairman of that football club, then I think the game wouldn't have got played. We were stuck on the motorway and Nicky Davis was getting changed walking into the car park at 20 to 8 and, this, and they didn't even kick, they change the kickoff time. It was absolutely horrendous. But we know if we got promotion at Ramsgate, we'd go on. We also knew at that time that the players were getting uh, getting tapped up by everybody in Kent because we were we beat we beat our local rivals a couple of weeks before that. And I think we beat them three 0 on the Easter Monday. And I knew, I knew what other teams' wage bills were, and I knew what our wage bill was, and I knew what the players were getting offered by other people. Uh, and we asked the chairman of the football club that we'll need some more money and. We didn't, he didn't, we didn't have the money, so it was basically enough. And uh, I wish I hadn't left, but I did. But that circumstances, like we said before, what will be, will be. It was all about progression, not for just for us, for the players as well, because they wanted it as well, kind of like, uh, which was a great pity. But as I said, a lot of things happened behind the scenes that got a lot of false promises from Ramsgate as well, which I knew I shouldn't have believed. I'd, and I went into the, the meeting saying that no matter what happens, I'm not going back. It'd have to be amazing. I got promises that people that were involved with it said they weren't involved anymore. And, uh, well, more fooled me, put it that way. That's the that's the worst side of football, isn't it? You know, the, uh, the bit that goes on behind the scenes that the average supporter just doesn't know a thing about. And then they say it affects everyone at the club. It affects the management. But they haven't got any idea at all about what's going on. No, they don't. It's it's a pain. It, it's 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 the same as like a change room. You don't you don't go and cast tell things that happen in change rooms to uh no. and you don't I don't do the same with committee men and chairman and directors and such things. The, the pity was that we had I had a great relationship with uh, Bruce Smith, God rest his soul. Because uh, I said we were, I'd been working there for a few years during the day and such things, and uh, he'd look after the men, and and we actually had people down there working on their own at times. Bruce looking after them, yeah, Bruce and Connor yeah. and such things, in the different class. Um, but now these things happen. But as I said, that that season at Whitstable, uh, if you've had better football played than that season, then I'd, I'd pay to come and watch it. To be honest, here because. Uh, and the good thing is, well, every one of the players was in with the crowd, because with the fans and such things, because uh, that's part of what we tell them. They, if they're getting money or they're getting expenses or whatever, they've got to be in the clubhouse for a while before they get the expenses. Where, well, a lot of players nowadays get their expenses and don't even go in the clubhouse, go straight out the door and go home. A lot of them don't drink either. Whereas in the, the good old days when I played, you played your football, then you were out, kind of like. But a lot of them now and just go home and don't get shared or whatever but a few of the players that there that time like Kane Rowland he's sitting born now and Scotty Herds down at uh, Folkestone doing ever so well yeah. uh, I always hoped that Scott had gone further fantastic player he was a great player yeah. great, great lad well, nice, very nice lad good lad completely but I'd say the players that year were yeah Tom Wines and that yeah some uh, some familiar faces and uh, yeah some of the football some of the matches uh, 
I'll still never forget the game, one of the first games of the season against Walton and Hersham. I think we were 4-2 down and won 5-4. Yeah. And I think Nick actually got two of the goals in the last uh, in the last couple of minutes. And the, the noise in the ground that day was unbelievable. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but it was a highly enjoyable season. Yeah, I think the, looking, looking at yours and Jim's careers, management-wise combined, it's, it's a very, very sad indictment of the way things worked out that having won leagues and you've won more than once you never managed to get promoted because of the situation regarding ground conditions yeah yeah well what as you well we went with the ramsgate and uh we got promoted with ramsgate when we won the league which was another funny story because we were we had no players left as i said all the all my old reserve team players were playing and we went to met place and we had uh, actually had um we were three points ahead of Horsham with uh, Tommy Warwell was in charge at the time. Yeah. Tommy, nice lad. And we were 50, three points ahead. Last game of the season, we had 15 goals advantage. Now, no matter what happens, you can't lose a 15 goal advantage, can you? We didn't have any players left. We ended up... Uh, <laughs> at halftime, we were 1-0 down and they were winning 7-0. So from the, season, from the last game of the season where it should have been feet up, cigars out and enjoying yourself... I was actually asking people in the crowd what the score at Horsham was. And it, it, it didn't look like we were going to score that day either. So I didn't think we were going to win. It was mainly that they didn't. And I think I actually finished up 7-0. It, was, it wasn't about promotion because both of us got promoted. Yeah. Uh, it was about who was going up as champions. There's always a difference when you've got a cup in your hands, that's for sure. Yeah. But that's no, so what we held on and won at that time. But we got into the Premier and uh, we gave it a go. And that, and that first season in the Premier, we finished fifth. And that was the best the Ramsgate team's ever done because the Ramsgate team, before it went up to that level, which was about 40 years ago, got rarely get in the first season. Yeah. So we got fifth, got in the playoffs. And as I said, we were away to Staines Town and things happened that night that shouldn't have happened. That kind of the, the M25 was flooded and the pitch was flooded and and their centre forward dived and they got a penalty in the first five minutes. And you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. And we got the back. Who won, but that wasn't to be. And that was frustrating. And uh, the, other, the other thing we're quite proud of was uh, with Whitstable was I think that season we had at Whitstable, I think we finished sixth or seventh. I'm not really sure. And I think that's the best that Whitstable's done as well. In the Ryman, yeah. Or what was the Ryman? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was. So I think that's the highest they've finished. It's a pity it didn't go into the next season because you never know. Things were looking good, weren't they? That next season, you'd got the foundation there. And everybody yep. was thinking, oh, let's press on, let's press on. But uh, it wasn't to be, Danny. It's just how it worked out, mate. Yeah, it was just a pity, yeah. But I'm sure that uh, Mr Blackman wants to uh, <laughs> surpass our record. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure he'll give it his best go to do it. Well, and he's, he's a lovely lad as well, Lloyd. The, um, and I wish him all the best. And uh, and a few of the old boys are back there again now as well, aren't they? And Watkins yeah. and... Uh, Mac here and uh, Garrett and I think always always back there as well, isn't he? Always yeah, crazy back. Always back, yeah, yeah. It's good, good times. Let's, let's good see time. how we get on if this season when it starts. We'll see you down the Belmont again, yeah. Well, funny enough, after our after games, get I've not actually watched a game of football. Oh, I've watched some of my, my boys' games up in uh, Maidenhead, but that's about it. So, I'm, to be honest, the, the things that go on behind the scenes are falling out. I love a bit of football. Um, people. Keep, Okay. People keep phoning me, asking me if uh, uh, I've interested to in get back involved. I've, I've been offered a few jobs and such things. 
but I've said to them all uh, that the things would have to be right, not just in in the front of the house, in the back of the house as well, kind of like. I can't see many clubs like that at the moment, and um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people involved in clubs that don't really know much about what football is and shouldn't be near to it, kind of like. And uh, which is no problem if they do their jobs, but they all like to have the Tupman's worth. And now, so unless it's not right again, I won't be coming back. But I'm definitely going to try and get down to Belmont and uh, see them and get back up to Ramsgate, watch some games, and just get back watching football again. Yeah, great. That's a good idea. Lovely one to finish on, Danny. Thanks for that, it's been really, really good having you on today. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say more than your brother. Yes, I would. I've I've enjoyed it more than your brother. That's not <laughs> difficult, though, is it, Tom? <laughs> no, he, does, he does have a habit of rubbing people up the wrong way. But you know the best thing about it, and you're much the same ilk as well, you call a spade a spade, and I love that. That sits, that sits with me. Well, what the uh, our philosophy is, Tony, that um, and that's what worked at Ramsgate, and it works for any non-league club as far as I'm concerned. That uh, when we got promoted that time, won the Ramen, won and went up to the Ramen Premier, um, the whole club's got to be facing in the same direction, yeah. and that's from the 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 tea boy to the kit man to yeah. people cooking the burgers. And if there's any negative people any place, get rid of them because it it just won't work. And, and that, I think that's the perfect recipe for a non-league club to go forward. Yeah. Uh, and me and Jim are all the same. One last question. I know that when you go that step higher, everything changes because the the distance of travel changes, the expenses change, the players' expectations change, the supporters' expectations change. What was the one big thing that you think you found the hardest when you went up that step? Well, the strange thing was, we didn't find it that hard because we went up. And um, another funny story was that on the last day of the season, I think we were sitting, that's when one got promoted uh, in the Premier and the next four teams went in the playoffs. And we played against Boreham Wood. And Boreham Wood were about, I think they were about fifth bottom. And three went, three or two went down. Uh, I think we were seventh, seventh or eighth. So I think all the scores, I think four scores had to go with us to get in the playoffs, and four scores had to go against uh, Borum. And Danny Danny Wood was the uh, the chairman. Four scores had to go against them to get them to get relegated. And we we went and beat them five 0 that day. All the scores went with us, and we sneaked in the fifth place. And all the scores went against them. And they got relegated. Oh. It was a bit, and I, I was so gutted for the man because, well, you look where they are now. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're on the edge of going in the football league, I think. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So we changed a couple of players, but not many players because the players that got us there, could, team spirit counts for a lot of things. But the, <laughs> the biggest issue at the end of that season was that because we won the round in the South, we got to the playoffs of the... Um, the Premier, and if we had kept that side together, we would have got because nobody, nobody wanted to come to Ramsgate. I remember, I think Chelsea won the league that season, and, and I don't think they wanted to come off the bus. A horrible cold Tuesday night, uh, and we beat them two 0 And I don't think they got out of their half; they just didn't fancy it. But the the directors and the chairman and everybody involved, like you said, the supporters, everybody involved, just thought because we got into the playoffs and we were punching so far above our weight, it was unbelievable. 
the bigger teams, if you like to call them, or the money teams, uh, come in and every one of our players were offered a lot more money to go someplace else. Yeah. And we had a discussion with the board and the board basically said, you've done it once, you'll be able to do it again. But it doesn't work like that. We we built that up for... When we went, when we went back to Ramsgate, they were, they were bottom of the league and there was only 10 games to go before the end of the season. And a lot of them were still my reserve players and such things were playing at the time. And we went in and we won six, drew three and lost the last one, basically, because I think there was a chance at the time, me, Jim and Ada were all going to play because we had no players. We got to beat a Greenwich Borough. I'd love to but see Ada started... play. I'd love to see Ada play. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about him, but I better not. Uh, no. <laughs> he didn't tell me off. But that's when we started building the team. Them, them 10 games were amazing. And it was, we stopped them playing Sunday morning football because if you play Sunday morning, if you if you expect someone to come and watch you on a Saturday and pay whatever it was to get in, you shouldn't then be able to go up to Jack, Jackie Baker's on a Sunday morning and watch them to pay. But So we just brought a professional into the club. Uh, so that started then, and we signed a couple of players each year. Sean Welford was a massive signing for us. Uh, Dean Hill was a massive signing. We had a couple of young lads out from um, from Jill and the one and Ashley Burton and people like that, and they're, they're a different class. But that was... A, the boys used to used to call themselves and used to sing the songs that we were just a pub team from Thanet. But that was that was the mentality where they were all in it together and uh, they were fantastic. But we got, as I say, we got to the the the, the playoffs and uh, the players all got offered fifty hundred pound a week to go other places. And I had a chat with them all and uh, I said to Archime, "Well, we need these players. We want to go on." Because I, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, I think we would have won the league the next year with that bunch of lads. Because the players that did leave and went, I think about five of them went to Dover. And the board said, and the chairman said, well, you've done it before, so you could do it again. And we tried to bring players in and it didn't work. It didn't work. We got relegated. That team spirit had gone and them players were at the peak of that time and they were fantastic. And I think, I think as I said, I think four or five of them went to Dover and went, Got promoted with Dover, always Schultz and people like that. Sean Welford, Dean Hill, Lee Mitchell went to Wimbledon and then went to Tunbridge and went to Wimbledon. And it was a pity, but and that, like what you were saying about things going on behind the scenes, they just expect you to get these players from nowhere, but it doesn't happen overnight. You build and build and build and, and you don't overkill the club. You get two or three players in at the end of each season, you need two or three players, but at the same time, it was a pity. It was a pity it went that way. And, and because you've done that, the supporters, everybody thinks you should just win every game. But it doesn't work like that. Uh, well, Danny, that was uh, that was something special for me. I really enjoyed it. These chats that I've been having with people have been fantastic. But uh, every now and again, we get a little gem coming up. And this is a good one, mate. Well done. Um, I, listened to, uh, I listened to Jim's one and I fell asleep halfway through. So... <laughs> I'm going to get a dig for that. And, and I'm going to do it because I, uh, well, you know me, I don't really care. Mr. Hubbard, who's a good friend of the family, who was actually on the phone last night, yeah. um, has got, you'll uh, kill me for this, by the way. He, uh, he's got, he's, he's quite a legend. We used to do uh, the veterans football down here, the over 35s. Oh, yeah. And there's only one person ever been sent off in the veterans football over 35s at Southwood. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. But he washes the kit, and he uh, he's a, he's a lovely man. And mentioned that to him, 
Okay. All right. Well, we do quite a lot. And if you can think of anybody who would never get sent off in the football pitch, it'd be this man. Uh, and he still he still goes to that referee about that now, I think. <laughs> so from me here at Belmont Banter and Danny Ward at the other end of the line. Dan, it's been great today. I've really enjoyed it. We'll see you again soon, everyone. Cheers. Bye now.